This is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. And you're joining us for another Tragedy Tuesday. And this is a special one because it's a live recording from the Ottawa Podcast Festival that we participated in this past August. Yeah. Quick bit of housekeeping up front. If you're brand new, which you might be because people keep subscribing, which is awesome. Yeah. We recommend you go back and check out our previous episodes because we don't really do inside jokes per se, but we reference things that we've talked about before. So if you want to be fully, if you want like the full box set experience, go check those out. Yeah. Recommend it. Other things, we have a shop up and running now with some sweet merch in there. We got a print that we did with a local line artist. It looks friggin' amazing. Mm -hmm. We are also sending out disaster postcards which are personalized to you. They're handwritten and they're about a disaster that shares your special birthday. So you're never too happy when you're blowing out candles. Don't get too happy. Never get too happy. Shouldn't. We also have some bonus content up there that you can uh, purchase and download. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to hand it off to Lee, who uh, who headed this Tragedy Tuesday. Yeah, this is my half of the uh, live podcast. Uh, and today I'll talk about... Well, Today you'll hear what I talked about was a, a little bit about Sid Barrett and an unplanned reunion between him and his former Pink Floyd bandmates. So there you go. Enjoy. So uh, of the two of us, uh, you could say I'm the more musically obsessed. Uh, and so far, the disasters I've talked about have been musically themed. Today's is no different. So today I'll be talking about uh, Sid Barrett, a uh, former member of Pink Floyd, and uh, actually a uh, singer, guitar player, principal songwriter, and sort of de facto leader mm -hmm. of the band. Okay. Uh, also an artist I've been obsessed with since high school. Okay. Which is a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so once we started doing this podcast, this has kind of been my white whale. Okay. Uh, I could easily talk for two hours about this man and still feel like I'm leaving details okay, yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, as far as like tragic rock and roll stories, he kind of tops the list. Okay. Like Kurt Cobain and Brian Wilson, Ian Curtis. Fair enough. Um, so what I'm going to do instead is sort of not focus on, but kind of lead up to an event. It's kind of a, a, a unplanned reunion, sort of a serendipitous uh, meeting between Sid and the members of Pink Floyd after he left the band. Probably a happy one. We'll see. Was it disaster? Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> right. um, so for anyone familiar with um, Sid, and, and there's many of you, um, you probably won't learn anything new here. Like, I'll just sort of, it's really be kind of a primer. News to me. It'll, okay. Because for me, Pink Floyd basically begins and ends with Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. And I imagine they probably released at least one other album? A few albums okay, before that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's probably the case for a lot of people, because I mean, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. But, yep. You know, their better-known material doesn't include this this dude. Fair enough. So, um, yeah, let's learn about Sid Barrett. Bring it. So, uh, Roger Keith Barrett, a.k.a. Sid, mm -hmm. was born uh, January 6, 1946, in Cambridge, England. He mm -hmm. uh, started painting as a teenager... Um, around age 14, he started playing guitar. Right. And it was around this time that he acquired the nickname Sid. Okay. There's some story about he went to a blues club and there was the artist playing was a guy named Sid Barrett. And like, no, you're Sid Barrett. Oh. Uh, okay, yeah, that's, that happened. Makes I don't know. about <laughs> as much sense as Richard and Dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so we took no on his to name. Richards. Yeah, or Dicks. Or Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> or 10. We're also 12, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
So he t- he uh, stylized it S Y D Sid. Okay, cool. Um, between years sixty one and sixty four, he played with various groups and people. Uh, sometimes with his buddies uh, Roger Waters and David Gilmore, who okay. would both go on to be in the Pink Floyd. I do know those names. There you go. Uh, Pink Floyd started in nineteen sixty four. Sid joined in 65. Uh, They had gone through different members and names. Right. Sid suggested the Pink Floyd sound. Ooh. And he came to that by putting together two, the names of two different blues artists, Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. Oh, okay. So we sound like these? Or just names. Okay. More arbitrary, I think. But, you know, the Pink Floyd sound uh, quickly shortened to the Pink Floyd. Okay. And eventually Pink Floyd... Though right. that wouldn't happen until after he left the band. Okay. So I always sort of, for a long time, I was like a Sid Barrett purist. Okay. And my joke was, yeah, I'm not so big on Pink Floyd, but I love the Pink Floyd. You colossal nerd. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's the kind of joke that I'd probably make and get I thought you'd enjoy high it. school. So yeah. maybe that's why we're friends. <laughs> uh, so, and then summer of 1965 is also when Sid started taking LSD. Okay. A uh, substance you would become quite fond of. Things usually take a turn upwards when quite that happens. Quite fond. Okay. okay. So uh, between 65 and 66, uh, Pink Floyd start to develop their sound. Okay. Um, they're sort of at the forefront of this underground, like, psychedelic movement that sure. is happening in London, yep. as well as San Francisco and everywhere, really. Yeah. Um, and so you, you being familiar with their sort of best-known stuff, right. Dark Side, would maybe find this early material pretty unrecognizable. Okay. Like, you can certainly connect the dots between that right. and this and, you know, yep. what they did along the way. Yep. But really, they were sounding more sort of like what the Beatles or the Stones, how those bands sounded with their own respective psychedelic periods. Oh, okay. Although both those bands would have been taking their cues from this underground Movement that was happening. Would that be like Pink Floyd. Revolver Beatles? Exactly. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Revolver Beatles. Got to listen to uh, some Pink Floyd. Yeah, man. Try to populate my Spotify. Um, so on the one hand, they had these very sort of jaunty, whimsical, like three-minute songs mm-hmm. about gnomes and bikes and other stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, on the other hand... I have a lot of listening to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real good. Yeah. So, and but the other side of their sound was sort of, and this was especially... Uh, when they play live, they do a lot of improvising. Sure. And by that, I don't mean like, like you take a solo right. and you take a solo and then I'll play a solo. Like they yeah. would get like way out there, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, they just get blitzed and try and find their instruments? Something like okay, that. Like they enough. just weren't afraid to get into really abstract sort of noisy territory. Gotcha. Like sometimes minimal and quiet, sometimes very dissonant and right. cacophonous. All right. So that's coupled with the fact that they were also um, put a uh, focus on getting sort of a light show together. Okay. And what that would entail was their buddies sort of playing with oil and mm-hmm. bubbles and stuff and projecting it onto the band. So you've got okay. this kind of... Trippy I would imagine without the LSD. Trippy, ex- yeah, exactly. Add in the LSD and you're on a different planet. I'm sure a lot of their <laughs> audience members were okay. under the influence, even uh, if you weren't. Right. It's an assault on the senses, yep. I, would, I would think. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's Pink Floyd, early yeah. days. Uh, yeah. 1967. Sorry, would you say the Pink Floyd? The Pink Floyd. Come on. Thank you for correcting me. It's your own rule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, 67, they signed with EMI. 
They released two singles and their first album, Piper, The Gates of Dawn. It contains, uh, I forget how many songs, but all but two of them are Barrett compositions. Okay. Um, Around this time, mid-67, people are noticing that Sid's behavior is changing. Hmm. Uh, A little bit erratic, both on stage and off. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's different theories as to why right. thinking drugs were it's that one at the top. Yeah, so it's that one. Sorry, <laughs> no, go ahead. Carry on. Um, like I said, he yeah. loved acid. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. <laughs> um, but also um, possibly some mental health issues being right. triggered by doing Those copious amount of don't drugs. Don't do well together. They don't. We did an episode on a guy named Craig Smith, later Matreya Kali after he. Same kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. This is basically the Craig Smith that everybody's heard of. Right, okay, Sid okay. Barrett, yep. or more people. Yep. And then there's also uh, a theory that maybe he was just sick of sort of the music biz and having to be the pop star right. and do what he was told and go here and then smile and all that and didn't like it. It's I'm thinking a, maybe a combination of all three. It's ringing a lot of uh, Kurt Cobain bells. Exactly. Too. Yeah. yeah. Not it's the a first familiar time. tale. Not the last. So on stage... And I meant to I meant to mention this earlier sure. uh, as a bit of a preface. So, like I said, he's pretty high on the list of the, you know tragic rock, you know rock yep. and roll tragedies. Mm-hmm. You know, so because of that, there are a ton of urban legends surrounding the guy. Okay, I'll give three examples sure. as far as his onstage behavior. So right. apparently, at one show, um, he just spent the majority of the set detuning his guitar strings as he played them. <laughs> for the entire show. Uh, another one was they were about to play, like, where's Sid? Where's Sid? They right. found him in the dressing room just, like, catatonic. Oh, okay. Put him on stage, put his guitar on, and he just stood there the whole time, didn't <laughs> do anything. And then the other one, this is I'm sort gonna, of... I'm going to try doing that at our next show. <laughs> we, play, we play in some bands together. I play the drums, so it You're might be a drummer. bit more noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stand in the back and not move. Okay. I'll look forward Enjoy to that. Enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> and then probably the most infamous example is... He's backstage, can't get his hair to do whatever he wants his hair to do. And okay. in, a, in a flash of inspiration, he takes a bottle of Mandrax pills. I think we know them as Quaaludes. Oh, okay. Crushes them all up, yeah. pours them into a thing of Brill Cream, you know, Brill Cream? Yeah, okay. Like pomade. Yep, yep. Mixes it all together, puts the whole jar in his head, or in his hair, uh-huh. uh, and goes to play. And under, like, it's hot. Yeah. And the lights are hot, so it starts <laughs> melting into his face. <laughs> And for the people in the audience who were maybe a little mind-altered, that would yeah. happen something. But even uh, Nick Mason, Pink Floyd drummer, sort of refutes right. that, like saying that Sid would never have wasted good drugs. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So <laughs> I'm going to call that one. I'm constantly one. left wondering like, where the lines are with these yeah. stories. And what started that was when the file-sharing thing started happening, yep. I eventually started hearing there's two bootlegs you can get from mm-hmm. this period, like... September and November of 1967. Okay. Apparently, during this period, he was just gone. But yep. the you can't hear the vocals too good. The guitar playing is fantastic. Okay. On so. the only two shows available, he's playing great. So Publish the it myth. just kind of makes me... What? Publish the myth. Publish the myth, exactly. Came up we in another about episode about Factory Records. We talked about that before. That's you sort right. of published the myth. Go through the catalog. I'm sure there's a kernel of truth to a lot of it. Yep. I think it's more a case where if you are screwing up and you are kind of hot and cold... Everyone's right. gonna remember the the oh for sure the cold moments. Not not to mention yourself. My yeah, mind, like I'm just, sort my of life marks. is screw up to screw up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it marks your reputation, and then maybe it yeah. takes it over. Like he's always screwed up for sure. So that's on stage. Off stage, he went from 
being uh, joyful, friendly, and extroverted to depressed, socially withdrawn, and experiencing hallucinations, disorganized speech, memory lapses, intense mood swings, and periods of catatonia. Mm, not not great. good. So either way, whether it was happening all the time or some other time, you become yep. a liability, and the band felt they just couldn't continue with sure. it. Uh, initially, they brought in David Gilmore okay. on guitar and vocals to sort of fill out the sound. Right. And um, it's like a little bit of a squint moment if you're Sid Barrett. Who is the who's the new guy? Yeah. Uh, should, we're filling out our sound. <laughs> Darn, it's all good. It's Don't good. You, what, you just you just stand Why on stage is he singing and playing all my parts. Just back up. Just doesn't. Just, Don't worry about it. Carry on the good of the band. <laughs> yeah. So apparently that's like the, he, like David Gilmore would do everything. Okay. Sid was doing and Sid would kind of wander around stage. All right. I guess they played a few shows as a five piece, right. not very many, yeah. but they did do a photo shoot and um, it's funny because I don't know if it was on purpose, but you have all the four members yeah. in the foreground and yeah. then Sid's in the back, his face is out of focus. <laughs> kind the of visual a representation sign of things of to come. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, a bummer. I think they all knew. Yeah. Uh, musically, he was not contributing a lot. Okay. At this point, only one of the three songs he'd written for their follow-up album, Saucer Full of Secrets, that being Jug Band Blues, was included right. on the album. Okay. So these two songs, Vegetable Man and Scream Thy Last Scream, mm -hmm. which were the band thought they were too disturbing. Okay. Like too much of like a real glimpse at what was happening with Sid. Sure. Uh, so again, you know, I hear about this when I'm 14. Right. Or whatever, and I'm just like, I have no way to get my hands on these songs. Oh, yeah, I can right. only imagine what they Did sound they have like. computers when you were 14? Yeah, you played Doom on them. <laughs> <laughs> I still play. I'm playing it right now. <laughs> <Hey>. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just like, what do these songs sound like? Right. The ramblings of a madman, I assume. Right. Again, file sharing becomes a thing. Right. I finally hear them. I am shocked at not just how good they are, but how not disturbing they really are. Like, Scream Loud Last Scream is a strange song, mm -hmm. though not that strange considering just the music in general that was coming out at the time. Right. Uh, lyrically, it doesn't really have anything to do with his state of mind. It's a sort of poetic wordplay. Right. It's nothing. Uh, Vegetable Man definitely did, was a little more autobiographical. Okay. Like he's sort of describing himself. Sure. And saying, Vegetable Man, where are you? Oh, I don't okay. have a place in, in this right. world or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he's definitely sort of aware of what's happening and singing about it. Yeah. But really, like, neither of these songs can compare to, like I said, Jugman Blues, the song they did choose to include. Is that it? That's Vegetable Man. Hey, look at that. Thanks. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool song. It's a yeah. nice little rocker. Yeah. So yeah, they, they This is not the Pink Floyd that I know. Exactly. My one album. So yeah, they leave those songs on. Okay. And then they put on Jug Jug Band Blues, yeah. which is easily the most disturbing <laughs> of the three. <laughs> it is like Okay. <laughs> and didn't. it's the last song on the album. It's got no other yeah. contributions on there. Okay. And it's so dark. Really? Especially when you know what happened to him. Okay. Like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, God. That's the one they put on. From the mind of... I mean, it's a beautiful song, but... Awesome. It is. Nice. We should do this for the actual we should show. Do it. Yeah, We're going to do some it. Good ideas. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> So it's a, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a pretty song, but when you really hear it, it's yeah. like, oh dear, right. something has gone wrong. Yeah, 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 okay. So by April of 68, Sid is out. 
Okay. Out of the band. Uh, he does two solo albums, mm-hmm. uh, The Mad Cat Laughs in 69 and right. Barrett in 70. I was actually, because you told me what this would be about, like Barrett, okay. I thought about album names, and I think it's a huge wasted opportunity that he didn't put out an album called Grin and Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> no? I'm, All right, uh, carry on. I'm quitting. My this. son thinks I'm hilarious because he has no choice because he's two years old. He doesn't really <laughs> speak. I tell him English a joke and then yet. I tickle him and then he laughs and I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, dear God. Okay, so um, so he does these two albums, both of which feature his former bandmates helping him with recording and production, which okay. is not was not a great idea, right. especially on his first album, uh, Madcap. They uh, sort of had the final say in how it came out and they put a certain vibe okay. all over it. Like uh. they're including false starts. Oh, come There's on. There's one song where he sort of stops in the middle, and you can hear the like this page turn. Yeah. Okay, so they're, they're trying to sabotage it. Yeah. Uh. Well, it's sort of like, hey, in case you didn't know it and you didn't realize it, Sid's crazy. We were right. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Not cool. No. Okay. Young bands are, yeah, especially ones who are kind of going for it. Right. Really uptight. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about Pink Floyd for a little bit. Let's so do they, it. They're at this point, trying their best to carry on without their leader. Have they lost the the at this point? They they got rid of the the. Now they're Pink Floyd. The the is out with the Sid. the. Okay, that's another band. They're pretty cool. Um, huh. So initially, they tried to continue the sound that Sid had established, okay. uh, though unsuccessfully. It was basically like students trying to emulate the master. <laughs> so they quickly <laughs> sh- switch gears. Sorry, I'm just gonna do another callback. To the very first episode we recorded? Yeah. When the Athenians kicked out Pericles, their leader, <laughs> because they were pissed off at him about the plague. Right. And then they kick him out, and they're like, what do we what do we do now? Now what do we do? Because he had all the ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they didn't bring Sid back? They did not bring Sid back. Oh, okay. Instead, they began yep. establishing the sound that would eventually come to fruition on Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. So things are getting uh, darker, moodier. There's sort of... Hints of prog rock coming in. Right. Lots of instrumental song lengths are expanding. Okay. Like they would sometimes have 20, 25 minute songs per album side. Okay. Um, live, they still had like big light show, but yep. they're also bringing in like a backing films and props. And uh, it's funny because um, their albums from this period are generally pretty soothing and mellow. Sure. Yeah. Uh, live, they were apparently face meltingly loud. <laughs> oh, God. And you kind of see that on their release, um, a film they did called Live at Pompeii, okay. where like every song is just twice as heavy as All right. the album counterpart. So that's my like favorite that. post-Sid release. Okay. So um, as I said, um, everything came to fruition on Dark Side of the Moon. Yep. And they managed to take everything they'd done up into the, that point and somehow make it relatable to the masses. Okay. So as a result, the world fell in love with this super weird band. Yeah, right. Which, that's just the 70s, I guess. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, huge success. All their dreams come true. Like, their goals are met. Yep. So, it comes to that point, like, now what? Yeah, right. Yeah. And a lot of times, that is the breaking point for many a band. Mm-hmm. And for me, oh, okay. and this band, yeah. that's the breaking point. Oh, okay. So, I go dark side and back. Uh, I see. Everything after, I'm kind of like... Got some strong thoughts then. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I like The Wall. Okay. That album. Like, yep. I think it's really cool and, and very well put together, but yeah. I kind of see it more of a Roger Waters solo album. This is what yeah. I mean when I can say I could talk for two hours. So I'll just. Fair enough. Try to 
Sounds cut good. it there. Yep. Nope. Um, so yeah, what next? What do we do? So yep. I think, at, 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 you know, up until that point, they had sort of like put blinders on the whole Sid thing. Like we right. got to push forward and not really processing this. Right whatever happened to him. Yep. So now maybe they're kind of thinking about him because their follow-up album, Wish You Were Here, like mm-hmm. dealt really specifically with Sid Barrett, in particular the song Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which is specifically about him. The Crazy Diamond. Crazy Diamond. Yep. But pretty much every song on the album had some variation on themes of alienation or right. loss, as well as contempt for the music industry. Right. So 1975, uh, the band is in the final mixing stages of Wish You Were Here. Okay. And no one in the band had seen Sid for at least five years okay. from working on his Barrett album, mm-hmm. his Grin and Barrett album. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so June 5th, 1975. Uh, gold. It's, uh, it's David Gilmore's wedding day, mm-hmm. but it's also coinciding with a mixing session. Okay. Um, because the following day they're leaving for an American tour. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of sure. racing to the finish line. They're at Abbey Road Studios yep. where they had done pretty much everything from when they started as a band. Oh, is that so all EMI? Abbey Road? You're shining your crazy diamond. Nice. Yeah. All Abbey Road. Yeah. Oh, only Abbey Road. That's cool. Whatever. I guess if they couldn't do better. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, I guess. That's <laughs> where the Beatles recorded everything. Yeah. Who are they? Band. You wouldn't have heard of them. Doesn't matter. You don't know. Um, so out of the blue, Sid shows up. Okay. Nobody really recognizes him at first. Okay. Uh, he's put on quite a lot of weight. Okay. His head is shaved. Mm-hmm. His eyebrows are shaved. Okay. Uh, he's dressed just kind of normally. Right. Which wasn't his... He usually had a yeah. flamboyant flair and for clothes. I, I, I've said this before about Craig Smith, but... I feel like things are always a little bit more, like a little bit edgier or like you put things, you, it puts you a little bit more on edge when it's a choice, like shaving your head and eyebrows. Cause Craig, Craig Smith does that too. Right. Being disheveled yeah. doesn't matter. Just don't, don't yeah. cut your hair right, for a right, while, right, right, right. but shaving your head and your eyebrow, that's a choice. That's a very clear choice. And when someone makes that choice, <laughs> okay. They're trying to mess with you. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know if he did it for the occasion or, <laughs> okay, fair enough. but it, it, I'm going to see my it friends. Works. I better get rid of these eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this will freak those guys out. Yep. Uh, on top of all that, he's acting very strangely. Okay. So he just kind of wandered into the studio. Right. Which is funny because you shouldn't be able to do that. But as right. everyone knows, if you just sort of act like you're supposed to be somewhere, no one's yep. going to question it. So that's exactly what was happening. People yep. just thought, who's he? He probably works here or whatever. We don't recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, there are many different versions of this story too. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to sort of okay. separate the wheat from the chaff. Sounds good. Um, the consistent points seem to be that uh, David Gilmore was the first to recognize him as Sid okay. after people were like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and all seem to agree that his demeanor was quite strange and then he wasn't making a whole lot of sense. Right. Uh, he apparently had a big bag of candy okay. he was munching from. Sure. Uh, he also had a toothbrush. And he was demonstrating how he could use it without moving his arms by just holding it right. to his face and jumping up and down. Okay. <laughs> so, so the years have taken a toll. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds funny, but actually, apparently, a few people were 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 moved to tears right. just from the the state he was yeah. in yeah. compared to what they how they knew for him. sure. Yeah. Uh, Andrew King, one of their former managers at the time, uh, asked Sid how he'd managed to put on so much weight, to which he replied. 
he had a, a large refrigerator in his kitchen and he'd been eating a lot of pork chops. <laughs> okay. Asked and answered. <laughs> Asked and Good. <laughs> I mean, uh, he also mentioned to the band that uh, he was ready for them to make use of his services again. Oh, he was ready for them. Yeah. yeah. That's what they were Which waiting I'm sure for. Which I'm sure was met that with point. a lot of. Oh, yeah. Good. They had a drink like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Not a lot of eye contact in that meeting? Probably okay. not. Fair enough. I can only guess. Uh, <laughs> Roger Waters asked Sid what he thought of the song they were in the process of mixing down. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Shine On You, Crazy Diamond. Let's just say it was, sure. just for the sake of the story. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, Sid's response was that it sounded a bit old. Okay. <laughs> Any elaboration or just uh, old? No, he was not aware that the song was specifically about him. But okay. there's also a moment when the band asked to have the song played for the umpteenth time, yep. which is what happens when you're mixing a song down. You hear it over and over and over again, yep. as you know. I hate a lot of our songs. Yeah, you basically, you make an album and at the end you hate it because mm -hmm. you've heard it so many times. Yep. So play that again. And his, his response is, why? You've heard it once already. <laughs> <laughs> Just lock it in. That's really Move funny. on. <laughs> What's the point? Um, so once the session was complete, everyone adjourned to the EMI canteen for David yep. Gilmore's wedding reception. Yep. Uh, Sid joined the festivities for a little while before vanishing without saying goodbye. Yep. And none of Pink Floyd ever saw him again, save for one very brief run-in at a department store between Roger Waters and Sid Barrett, whereupon Barrett, after coming face-to-face -face with his former bandmate, dropped his bag of candy, and ran out of the store. Okay. So that's it. some hard feelings there, probably. Somewhat. Yeah. So, yeah, he never had any contact, though his presence was still very much felt mm -hmm. in the band, uh, yeah. like I was talking about the wall before. Yeah. And the central character of that is a character named Pink, who has okay. many Sid-like tendencies. Right. Uh, it's not a true sort of, like it's sort of an amalgamation sure. of different people, but, I mean, there's... There's one part where he, the character played by Bob Geldof yeah. in the movie, okay. uh, has sort of a mental breakdown and shaves all the hair off his body, including his eyebrows. Some so parallels. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's some parallels. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, Pink Floyd would continue to be one of the most successful bands in the world, mm -hmm. though tension within the band would see Roger Waters split from the group mm -hmm. with lawsuits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sid eventually moved back to Cambridge. Yeah. I think 1974 was the final attempt to get him to play music. Right. Just wasn't having it. Fair so he moved back home. Yeah. He started referring to himself as Roger. Yeah. Again, yeah. his birth name. Yeah. Uh, led a very reclusive lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, he began painting again. Okay. And uh, he died in 2006 of pancreatic cancer. Oh, the worst cancer. And that's it. Wow. That's a colossal bummer. Yeah. I told you we'd bum you out. We'd, that's <laughs> what we do. So the song, I mean, it's yeah. like a million. We've played a bunch at this point. Yeah, you've so heard a bunch of All of those, them. basically. But the song I thought would sort of encapsulate all of this is yeah. a song called Opal. Okay. Uh, I think it was recorded during the Barrett sessions, but it somehow got overlooked. Okay. Uh, and it finally came out in the 80s on a compilation of the same name. Right. And it's a beautiful song, but yeah. it's, it's a beautiful song from a clearly fractured right. mind. Okay. But it's a shame that it got sort of swept under the rug because Barrett is not the best album. Sure. This would have lifted it up, I think. Right. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks for listening.
That was a tragic live Tuesday. So if you want to f- keep up with us, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at This Disaster Pod. You can find us online, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Don't forget we have that sweet new shop up and running with those prints and bonus content. And we'll see you back next week for our next major disaster. It'll be major. And a disaster. And bye. <laughs>